right, continuing the day here in Vancouver at the Association for Mineral Exploration Roundup Conference. Uh, we are getting an update, a long overdue update for Magna Mining. They do trade on the Venture Exchange with NICU and on the OTCQB with MGMNF. And it's been a little while, but CEO Jason Jessup, you're back in the seat. Welcome back. Thanks a lot, Trevor. It's good to have you back on. Let's uh, get a sense, just general update. You put out kind of a an update on the activities there, what's going on in Sudbury's, so kind of walk us through uh, what the company was up to late in 2023 and the progress you're expecting in, for 2024. Yeah, we put out a press release today that just kind of outlines and updates the our investors and in, in the market on what we've been working on. It, we've been a little bit quiet over the last two months as far as news releases, but uh, we've been very busy and, and a lot of good stuff going on. So I think it was important for us to update the market on that. And really, there's, you know, our key focus is on exploration at the moment. We have made a decision um, towards the end of, of Q3 into Q4 that we really wanted to test some of this understanding we have after our 20,000 meter drill program at Crane Hill last year um, and what potential there is in the footwall. So we made the decision to drill some deep holes uh, for geophysical platforms. Um, we've drilled two holes now. We've done the geophysics. Um, we're interpreting that. We're going to continue drilling. We have a, a large budget again this year, looking at 20,000 meters at Crane Hill. Another 5,000 meters are budgeted at uh, Shakespeare. And, you know, so far what we've seen is very encouraging. It supports our understanding that in the foot wall of the Crane Hill deposit, which, you know, for, for those who aren't familiar, is a large nickel copper PGM uh, Sudbury, you know, type deposit, contact deposit, but has foot wall potential. And there's the 109 foot wall zone, the 101 foot wall zone, um, but it's only been tested a very short distance from our main contact zone. So we stepped back over 300 meters into the foot wall, testing some, some structures that we think could you know, potentially host um, a very significant high grade foot wall deposit. And you know, we're gonna come out with some, uh, some more information just for you know the general investor on what a foot wall deposit is in Sudbury, we use that term a lot. And yeah. I, you know, if you're not familiar with Sudbury geology, it, it probably doesn't mean anything to you. But when I was with FNX Mining, we discovered uh, three foot wall deposits. Um, one of them was the the Levac foot wall deposit. Um, we renamed that the Morrison deposit after Gord Morrison, VP of Exploration at FNX. And, and I was in charge of bringing that um, deposit into commercial production through with FNX back in 2009 and 10. And you know, we mined 10% copper, 1.5% nickel, and 10 grams platinum, palladium, gold combined yeah. for the first two years we, we mined there. And, and it continued. I left after that, but uh, you know, it continued mining high grades for a number of years. These are the kind of deposits that we're looking for, is these high grade, often copper rich um, footwall type deposits. Okay, so let's take a step back and, and I want to table that, but eventually kind of climb our way back to that, you know, uh, the, it sounds like that's, those are expectations of yours, what you just laid out. But this geophysics that you did, I'm assuming electromagnetic borehole geophysics, how deep did you drill? So both holes were over 1400 meters. Oh, that's deep. Yeah, yeah. very deep holes. Um, you know, testing a lot of the stratigraphy that we were, yeah. were keen on. Um, we've done the borehole EM. We've had responses from that. Um, you know, targets have been modeled, 
and now we're going to follow up and, and test those targets. Okay, so I mean, what are you seeing? I, I mean, you haven't published the results of that data yet, I don't believe, but like, if you can kind of describe us, are you seeing the things in that data that you'd want to see that would remind me, or remind you of what you were doing at FNX? Well, what I can tell you is, what we put in the press release is that we intersected Sudbury Breccia, and that's a very important rock type for okay. these types of deposit. It is the it is the, the conduit that these fluids can flow from when, when the whole Sudbury Basin was being formed and all these deposits being formed. And having this Sudbury breccia is where you'll find these types of deposits and associate it with shear zones as well as um, certain types of dikes. So where you get the intersections of breccias and dikes, it creates these traps where you can get large accumulations of sulfides. And borehole electromagnetics is one of the best tools to identify you know, off-hole, away from the holes we've drilled, where these conductive sulfides might be. So what we've seen so far is we've got the right rock type. Um, we're seeing, you know, minor sulfides in, in this breccia, which is a very good sign. It tells us that, you know, fluids did travel through this. Now, where's the accumulation? Where do you find that deposit? And there's always, I would say, a trap or a sweet spot where you have the right geochemistry, the right temperatures, and then metals will start precipitating out. Um, yeah, and the geophysics right now, you know, without going into too much detail, has been very encouraging, and we have targets to follow up on. So this is how we discovered the, the Morrison deposit I just talked about, yeah. was by drilling these holes, doing the geophysics, you know, finding a conductive plate, testing that plate, and, and making that discovery. We're using you know, our experience in Sudbury to do the same thing at Crane Hill. Okay, so you've got a, a pr pretty substantial drill campaign lined up for this year. Obviously, that comes at a cost. Tell, tell us about what you will be spending uh, capital-wise to get this project done, where that bank account sits right now, because a lot of people are going to be asking you the same thing. Yeah, and that's a, it's a really important uh, consideration, especially in these markets. You know, times right. are tough for juniors. Um, you know, we finished in, as of September 30th, we had 15.5 million in the bank. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're going to end the year, obviously, with less than that, but we did slow down, just had that one drill turning for Q4, um, and now we've started up three drills. So our budget for this year is, for drilling and exploration, is $8 million. Mm. Um, and, you know, that will fund 25,000 meters, probably more if we really you know, pay attention to what we're doing and keep our costs under control. In that news release, you did kind of highlight a few opportunities there as far as funding opportunities, not just going to the equity market, uh, but because of the critical mineral strategies uh, throughout the West, like, you know, governments and institutions are starting to kind of open up the book. So where are you at with maybe looking outside of the markets to see where next round of funding might come from? You know, we have all of our focus on outside of the markets because we think the capital markets are uh, dysfunctional at the moment. Mm -hmm. So you just can't count on it. Um, you know, we do have a lot of plans for, for both our Crane Hill and our Shakespeare project, and they will need, you know, capital to, to execute those plans in the future. So we are looking at all types of, of different ways to finance that. Um, you know, this could include government grants, and there's a number of grants that we outlined in the press release today, including the Critical Minerals Infrastructure Grant. Um, you know, we're applying for that. It's, uh, I think we have to have our applications in before the end of February. Um, so we're working on getting those in place. Um, there's some other grants, Canadian Growth Fund, that we've applied for already, and then we're waiting to hear back from. Um, so we are on top of all of all of that, uh, those opportunities. As well, you know, we're looking at other other means. You know, we have a number of byproduct metals, um, even though you know 
primarily our projects are copper and nickel. There is a significant amount of precious metals and cobalt in there as well. And I don't think that, you know, for example, many investors are buying our stocks for our, their exposure to cobalt. Um, so that's, you know, potentially a metal that we could look at in the future at doing a stream that could help fund, you know, further advancement of Crane Hill. Okay, very good. Um, I've been looking forward to this conversation because I know, you know, the, the last quarter of 2023, it was really hard on everybody. <laughs> if, you, if, if, if you're in the business of exploring and looking to have capital to get those drills turning or keep the drills turning, uh, everybody, most part, had a very challenging time. Um, but it sounds like, you know, you and the company decided, like, despite the tough markets, we're not just going to stop, but maybe we're going to slow down a little bit and see if, the, if, if, the, if these seas can kind of settle down a little bit. But now it sounds like you're ready, you're ready to go. Like, you're going to be pretty aggressive here. Like, is the market telling you from what you see that now's the time to get aggressive? Well, I don't think the market is telling us now is the time to get aggressive, but we do have a vision for the company and where mm -hmm. we want to go with it. Uh, you know, we had to slow down to some degree in, in Q4 to digest all the drilling and the information that we had. And we had a, a large drill program, you know, at times we had three drills turning in 2023. So it was good to take that last quarter, have just one drill turning, you know, be able to digest all the information yeah. to come up with a, I would say, you know, the best plan possible for exploration in, in 2024. You know, we are definitely looking at everything we're doing, understanding that, you know, we do not plan to raise any more money at current prices from, from the equity market. Um, but we have a lot of, I think with our drill program we have right now and the budget we have that's fully funded, a lot of opportunity to test a number of really good targets as we continue to de-risk uh, shake or Crane Hill through, you know, getting our permits in place so we can start advanced exploration when the cost of capital is right, and you know also, um, you know, further plan and refine the plan, which is a great way to de-risk. And we do a lot of that work in-house, fairly low cost. So we're doing everything we can in the background during these these tough times to make sure when it's time to go and and start into advanced exploration and and shipping you know, the first test mining test stopes to, uh, you know, one of the nearby mills that will be, uh, everything will be in place. But in the meantime, we're going to focus on exploration. We have a great team and we need to leverage that. Well, it is also, I'm sure every day, in the last part of 2023, you were forever grateful doing that last big raise when you were able to do it. Yeah, that was a, uh, you know, it was a smart decision yeah. on behalf of yeah. myself and our board, and uh, it was it was great. It allowed me to sleep well at night. <laughs> um, I, I got to say, and you know, for for shareholders, and, and I'm a big shareholder. Um, you know, it was a a good time to raise money. It was the opportunity. The markets were there, and and I'm glad that we did that. Uh, give us a sense where the nickel market is right now. So I think that uh, you know. I don't have to tell you or probably any of our listeners, we're in a, a tough part of the nickel market. And yeah. I've, I've been in this business in the nickel market uh, in Sudbury, you know, worked for a number of companies, including Inco since 2000. And I've seen the ups and downs of the nickel market. And, you know, whenever people are, are very, I would say, negative on nickel and they say, you know, there's so much supply, nickel prices will never go back up again, um, you know, that's 
that's just a sentiment. It's not right. not right. reality. Right. Right. And and when people say that nickel is going to go to uh, $30, $40 a pound, you know that <laughs> that's not going to last either. So I think right now we're in a, a great time for people that are looking for exposure to nickel. Um, because I don't see this lasting, you know, for a long time. Yeah. I think that there is some, you know, some macro factors. There's more supply coming on from, from Asia. I think that, you know, we are seeing a slowdown in the economy. Do I think that's going to last a long time? No. Judging by the interest from, you know, OEMs and, and strategic investors that are looking for long-term exposure to nickel, I think that, uh, you know, we're going to see better metal prices, things are going to continue to, to um, improve over the rest of this year and into 2025. So though I think we're out of, you know, $7 nickel, probably not for a little while, yeah. but I think we'll be back to $9, $10 nickel, um, you know, in the next 12 months. Okay. Very good. All right, Jason, good to see you. Great seeing you, yeah, Trevor. Thanks. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, thanks. thanks for that update. It's been too long. All right, everybody, that is your update from Magna Mining, again, trading on the venture with NICU and on the OTCQB with MGMNF. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.